As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Hey, Donnie. Guy's German here wants to die for country. Oblige him. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? You're gonna need a bigger boat. It wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. Dance off, bro. Me and you. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's terrible! She has beautiful eyes, and her hair smells like cinnamon! It's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it! So when do we do this? It all depends. When do you want to die? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. All right. Hello and welcome to the Heated Seats podcast. I am your host, Alex Colbertson. And uh, across from me is uh, this this beautiful, gorgeous human being. Uh, also very single human being. Most eligible bachelor in the room, I'd say. There's uh, two of us. Mr. Uh, Mr. Dallas Fisher. Hello. Hello. I am here. Um before we get into this, I got two questions for you. Okay. Um, one, if we were to do like a heated seats bachelor, would you do that? Like, what is that? Oh, like uh, you bring over like 16 girls that I get to sleep with all of them and then not choose any of them in mm. the end? I was thinking more like fans could write in oh, and okay. then like give us like their favorite movies and kind of give us a little bio on them oh, and then like you get to choose. Based off their movies and their looks? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would like that much better than... And then you get to go on a date with them. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, if you would want to set it up, good, good luck. I'm saying good luck to you on the end of setting it up because I don't know. I would be interested to see what living in the house with like 18 women i always want to say girls still even though i'm fucking 28 i'm not a big fan of the show i don't really know too much about it but i don't think he's living there with them in the house then where does he live i think he just has like his own place or their their area that he lives and he just comes for the dates and everything yeah i guess i've never watched the bachelor or the bachelor bachelor that word i cannot pronounce bachelor not even gonna try i did watch rock of love starring one and only uh motley crew guy <laughs> i can't think of his fucking name poison and Brett Michaels. <laughs> no wonder i couldn't think of his name <laughs> T- typical hair band um They're but uh, uh you just recently watched it too what the, yeah with like once once quarantine started i kind of got into it yeah really <laughs> random rewatch yeah. Um, so yeah, saw, dude. Heated originally, seats, heated seats bachelor could be coming uh, coming to the podcast coming that, very soon. I think that would be a fun little spin, you know, kind of get away from maybe the movie aspect for a minute yeah. and kind of focus on our on your your life, your your dating life. Focus on the the sucking and fucking. There we go. Um, second question: <laughs> When was the last time you severely nicked your penis or balls from shaving your pubes? Um, severely? Mm-hmm. Not recently. No. I assume you just did? Oh, I do it every time. How? I just, you got that brand new, like, lawnmower that's mm. supposed to be a nick-free zone. Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped. Not a sponsor. Nope. Um, no free ads. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, hating on them. They're, it's a great product. But I think the problem is me. 
because I still continue to uh, savagely tear apart my um, Do you lower unit every time. Have really coarse hair. Is that because your your hair and head, your hair and head, my hair and head, your beard and your head hair would make me think that the rest of your body hair is very coarse, it's like and a Brillo pad, and hard hard to shave. Yeah, yeah. I actually have never um, shaved my pubes, uh, so I can't tell if you're being serious. It's just like a you can't even see my penis. Actually. Okay, yeah, and it, it, yeah, it's terrifying. So that's why when you just go in blind, and that's why you always nick it because mm-hmm. you wait. Till, you wait until the, the point. Yes, okay, yeah. the dark. To the point where you can't see anything when you're looking at your hair. Mm-hmm. You're down. You're down hair. Mm-hmm. You're downstairs hair. Yeah. yeah. And I just hope that I, you know, can do it safely. You know, in the dark, not looking at it, and then I almost cut my shaft off every time. Makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, I do bleed every time. Not a lot, <laughs> um, but enough to where it kind of concerns me for a second. Yeah, it makes sense. And then it stops, but it's kind of scary that's one of those like high bleed zones like when you cut your head and you bleed a lot and then downstairs it's fucking just blood for days high bleed zone why do you think that is i don't know uh do you think it's because men are always erect so there's always always erect do you shave your pubes when you're erect only i only do it hard yeah That sounds like a fucking name of a porno. Only I, do it hard. I only do it hard. Only hard. <laughs> that was a fun little little discussion there. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's move into our week and kind of what's what's been going on. Uh, movie movie discussion. What have you been watching? Movie. I watched thirteen movies over the last like five days. <laughs> <laughs> I had the last four days off work, and that's all I did. And why did you take the last four days off work? Because it's. My birthday week mm-hmm. still, technically. Mm-hmm. We had to bring that up every episode yeah. until I no longer have a birthday. So until I'm dead. But really the only ones I wanted to bring up, I did watch Predator, which I actually enjoyed for the second time watching. I thought it was fucking badass. The first one? Yes. It might be my favorite Arnold movie. Because I haven't really ever been a fan of the first Terminator and T2. I've only seen like once or twice. But I really don't remember him, to really? be totally honest. Yeah, hardly at all. Uh, makes sense. Uh, then last night I did watch Full Metal Jacket, yeah, Kubrick's second to last movie. Killer film. For I would call maybe the second time, the first time I ever like fully paid attention. I rented it on 4K and mm-hmm. it looked fucking gorgeous. Yeah. And freaking Vincent D'Onofrio gives like an all-time performance. He's fucking awesome. He's, He's terrifying. He's super young too. Yeah. Like for being that young. Yeah, he pops up in a peaked. lot of random movies. He peaked, man. He peaked in that role. You don't think he uh, peaked in uh, Men in Black like 10 years later uh, where sugar, water. That was him. Yeah, Holy it shit, was him. I totally. <laughs> the fucking alien I in the rem- beginning. I remember the sugar water and everything, but I didn't realize that was him. Yep. They just disguised him so well in the yep. makeup. He is freaking sugar water. Terrifying. And then the movie I wanted to bring up a new release, Honest Thief, the new Liam Neeson movie. It's supposed to be an action movie, mm. and there's like no fucking action. It's kind of boring, kind of lame. You saw it with our friend uh, Jacob Solo. Jacob Solo, shout out. He shouted us out on his pop, his podcast. Yeah. So I'm gonna shout him out here. Give the, him a good the one. The Pop Tap, yeah. Pop Tab podcast is basically a pop culture podcast where they talk everything from movies to video games to anime. They talk a lot of BTS. Because Brad, one of the uh, co-hosts, is obsessed. Is he a big fan of BTS? They're big, mm. big Korean heads. I don't nice. know what the fuck you want to call them. They really know what they're doing <laughs> over there with that podcast. They have yeah. a fucking killer setup. 
check them out on great quality i think all the same shit good production the podcast they're, they're killing it networks they're doing a great job so yeah um other than that my week i did not get a lot of sleep i've been sleeping pretty terrible up until last night i got like the most sleep i have had in a few weeks it felt like have you been watching no it's fucking nice i know you watch a lot of movies yeah do you watch these right before you go to sleep um yeah sometimes i was up till like 11 15 watching full metal jacket but and then i passed out and then i didn't wake up throughout the night i do mm. have issues peeing in the middle of the night like Me too. one to two times a night i do and i i hate it i fucking hate it so much i'll purposely not drink water from like 4 p.m until <laughs> i go to bed and i still have to pee so bad like an hour after i fall asleep mm-hmm. Ugh, i don't i don't understand it I drink I I drink a ton of water before yeah. I go to bed. I drink I'll, a ton of water during the day, but every don't. time that I wake up to pee, I drink more water. So like <laughs> That's the fucking issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I'm thirsty as fuck. Yeah. And so I I pee probably, I would say 5 to 6 times a night. A night? Yeah. Like over the 8 hours you're supposed to be yeah, sleeping. Man. That's fucking yeah. wild. Yeah. Um so yeah, uh movie discussion you any more you want to bring up um not that i saw i did they just announced the lord of the rings 4k trilogy extended edition and i may have purchased it yesterday oh my god and i'm excited to get it and the funny thing about this purchase i have not seen those movies maybe ever like i know i've seen bits and pieces like over the years since they've been out I bought the Blu-ray trilogy about four or five years ago and just never watched them. Now I'm going to sell it because I want the 4K edition because yeah. they're beautiful. Um, never watched any of the director's cuts. Yeah. Never. I've seen all three of them a decent amount of times. Yeah. Um, but the director's cuts I just hear are crazy. Oh, I hear they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And like the last one, Return of the King's like over four hours long. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I'm excited. Once I get them, though, I'll actually, since I'm doing this year by year rewatch, I've actually been sitting down. I say I'm going to watch this movie within the next few days, and I fucking watch them. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I would actually watch those with you. Yeah, I would totally. That do would that. be a cool uh, watch party. Very nice. So yeah, 4K Lord of the Rings, cool. Um, <laughs> so uh, moving on. Uh, it is moving on moving on it is still spooky month it is spooky month it is uh and even though it's snowing yes yeah okay i forgot (laughs) to bring that up the fucking snow yeah fuck snow dude it is except it normally doesn't start this early no i mean in iowa i don't think it does but it will shouldn't coming down thick today yeah there was was, did you get the alert on your phone that mm -hmm. was like be careful. It's about to be like the worst snowstorm ever. And then it's like there's no snow on the ground when I get off work. They were saying it was like icy conditions because it's so <laughs> wet out because everything's melting, but it's also getting colder at the same time. Yeah, it was I a get weird, that. Yeah, it was like a weird like ice warning. Um, So spooky season. And uh, here on the Heated Seats podcast, we kind of like to bring up a little uh, local stories, little local spooky, scary stories. Spooky, scary stories. Spooky, scary. What do you got for us this week there, um, so Al? This one takes place in Charles City, Iowa. Never been. Never heard of it. Yeah. Have you heard of it before I this story? I've heard of it. I've All never right. been. Uh, the name of this story is called The Children of Iron Hill. Okay. It's okay. already spooky. Shouldn't so, be a movie. Here's the skinny for you. 
legend has what does it that, mean? that a fiery 1920s train accident killed many of its passengers. One of the train cars was filled with orphaned children. Of course it was. All of whom <laughs> burned and perished in the crash. It is rumored that the ghostly children can still be heard crying and sometimes the smell of burning flesh, flesh? Oh, yeah. is reported. Where? At where? The train clearly doesn't exist there anymore. People have reported seeing the spirit of a little girl in a white dress wandering through near woods. Okay, so there was a child that was getting married on this train is what I took from this story. Okay. <laughs> the 1920s funny man so Still, they, they didn't have like you know they didn't have casual wear like we no, do they don't have so yoga pants and uh, dress up and stuff cut off jean shorts more formal wear formal, back in yes. the day. um but for real where is the haunting taking place if it was on a train accident that mm. basically exploded and all the humans i bet the entire train just like no longer exists are the hauntings near the train track? Is it in the town? Did it happen in the town? Did it just was it a derailment? I have so many questions. Yeah, no. Do you, you have answers? You can ask me, but I don't have answers. God damn it! Because I so want to know. Can, was it a derailment? Was it two trains? I'm like putting my fingers together, mm-hmm. like it's two penises, but mm-hmm. it's two trains colliding head on. Did um, they crash into a building because they were going too fast? My guess is that uh, this sounds like a train track that's in the woods. In the woods. Um, well, because sightings of this little girl have been seen in the woods. In the woods, and okay. And it's probably younger people who are walking on the tracks at night. Ah. Can smell weird shit. Yep. Can maybe see bright lights. Can see, you Ooh, know, like the tr- ghost little ghouls and Do you goblins think the train, walking around in the woods. The train spirit haunts those woods, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you can sometimes hear a big giant ghost train. A faint, like, choo boo. So this is the last episode of the Heated Seats podcast. Uh, We'll no longer be recording after this. So it was a a good run. It was good. It was nice knowing you. I think that's fucking on Chewboo. Dude, I love laughing. That joke literally just made me not want to be friends with you anymore or do this. So I'm just going to. You're going to have to find a new co-host now. I'm going to sell all my clothes. (laughs) I don't know why, but I just. You're going to sell all your clothes and just walk around naked constantly because I no longer I no longer have a friend. So. Oh. Uh, all right. Uh, is that the end? Of the, <laughs> is that all the story you you had? <laughs> that was my spooky, scary story of the week. That, um, I would be interested to hit up. Last week we had the. I don't fucking remember, but all these fucking places that you keep bringing up, it would be cool to go visit these places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we need to actually do something uh, where we kind of maybe like Des, Des Moines or Iowa's like top 10 scariest hauntings Ooh, and my actually foot. like go and check these places out. Yeah, I think it would be, be very sweet. cool. I think that would be a fun little Halloween exploration. Like instead of going to like a made by man freaking haunted house or a spooky, spooky zone. Made by man. Not man made, made by man. But we go to like a, our own little spooky zone like... Yeah, we find that place in the woods in Charles Charles City. Is that what you said? Mm. The city I the city I've never heard of. The city of Charles uh, Charles. Yes, Chuck Chuck City. Chuck City. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Chuck, and I'm here to be a city. Oh well, uh, you got anything else? 
Kind of uh, a dry week for me, so I don't have anything other than getting uh, kidney infection. Kidney infection. <laughs> Did you want to get into that, or just that's what I still don't want to say? I still, I'm, I don't know if it was a kidney infection. I, I feel like it was. I don't know what else it'd been. It would be, but just absolute shooting pains in my stomach. Sure, it wasn't threw up. Stomach. Wasn't able to go to the bathroom. Stomach. Cancer? Like it was a no. weird like blockage I had in my stomach, and it would yeah. hurt to pee. I joked and I was like, maybe that's what it has. It's like to have gonorrhea, and Brooke did not find that funny. So I don't even. Oh, that's a. Uh, okay, yeah. Because never it's, had it's, it's, it's so I don't, se- know, it's I don't know how uh, it feels. Sexual disease. But of course, instantly, you know, go Corona. Do I have Corona? Instantly was going. That's what my fucking mind. I hate. I don't but, want to talk into it. Ugh, I no, hate that I know, every sickness is like everyone's like, oh, you, corona you must have the deadliest disease it, in the last hundred years because it affects everybody differently. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have any sort of cough or any sort of throat problems or any sort of um, chest issues, breath issues, or anything like that. Yeah. It was just all stomach. Yeah. And it was it was it was brutal. It was not fun. But that's that's not that's not what we're here for. No. We're not here to talk our bowels. We're not here to talk about kidneys. We're here to talk uh talk movies. We are. We are. A movie. Yeah. Two movies. A certain, so technically two movies. Two films. Two films. Before we say the names of the film, mm. but they already know the names because mm. it's in the title. We got another country as a listener. Ooh. Shout out to fucking Sweden, dog. Sweden, wow. Yes. We are moving up in the world. I wonder what we sound like uh, Swedish. Do you, do you think, think? Yeah. Do you think we have translators? I that would be awesome <laughs> for our like uh, sub five hundred views. Yeah, <laughs> listens, not views. We're not a visual podcast. No, we're not. Um, but Sweden. Yeah, it's a. I love it. So very cool. Shout out to Sweden. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, um, Sweden, Australia, Canada. Yeah uh cam not cambodia i think cambodia i think we got like four or five countries now obviously the u.s but love it fuck yeah i'm moving up love that you guys are listening to us we're gonna keep doing it because it makes us happy and we're doing it for you guys and we enjoy doing it so hopefully you guys keep listening Yes. yes 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 uh so what is the name of the movie that we're doing today technically kill bill Mm. if you want to just call it kill bill which i think is that's kind of what quentin refers to it as it's yeah. one it's one movie kill bill volume one and two one and two Com- one movie the combo combo review talk this is combo double doggy it's like a pack. 16 to 17 year old movies so it's kind of a review kind of just a uh it's crazy that it's that old a conversation yeah it is i don't like saying that everything's loud. old that just makes me feel like an old pile of poop came out 10 came out when you were 10 years old mm. <laughs> Well, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick little break here. And then when we come back, we're going to get into the kill stats. The kill stats. Yeah. That's a a good word for it. Stay tuned. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the show, please follow or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. It would help us tremendously. You can also leave us a rating and comment to let us know how we're doing on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to look us up on Instagram and Twitter if you would like to interact with us. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Okay, so we are back. So before we get into the stats, um, I want to kind of give just a quick bio on the film. You know, I'm just uh, just going to IMDb here um, and just kind of what IMDb says the film is. Um, so after awakening from a four-year coma, 
former assassin wreaks vengeance on the team of assassins who betrayed her. Boom, boom, dun, boom. Dun, dun. And that is Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Yes. Um, okay, so my uh, beautiful co-host, what year did these films come out? The first one was 2003. The second was 2004. Perfect. <laughs> um, one year after another, which is very rarely done with like sequels. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah, I normally noticed. there's a few years in between. Yeah. I know The Matrix did their final two in the same year. But yeah, most movies, even if they are filmed at the same time or in the same like span of time, they're usually released like at least two years apart. I wonder if that's maybe the reason why I like these two movies so much and why it is such a good sequel is because they were basically, you know, filmed together only a year apart. So filmed as like one movie yeah exactly technically we'll get into that okay um so let's talk actors and actresses and who's in the film so mm. we're just going to kind of say the main you know main people yep um who kind of you know come out to us and who we think are the ultimate biggest roles the biggest roles um so we're gonna start with uma thurman uh she who plays the bride the lead or Beatrix Kiddo. Beatrix Kiddo. Um, so yes, Uma Thurman lead, and then or you can call her a Black Mamba. You could. You want to go her by her code name? Yes. Yep. And then who else? Um, we got David Carradine who plays the elusive Bill. Oh, good word. Uh, we <laughs> I also don't think have, I've ever used that word. I never have either. Michael <laughs> Madsen who plays Bud. Did they call him? They call him Buddy a lot in this movie. Right? Buddy, Bud. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then uh, Vivica A. Fox as Vernita Green. Yes, I don't remember them ever saying that name in the movie. But Vernita. Yeah. Do they ever say Green? Because um, I try to pay really close attention to their names, and when, I don't remember them ever saying Vernita Green. When Uma is narrating at one point in the movie in the beginning, okay. when she's walking up to the house, um, Vernita's house, she's kind of explaining mm. where she's at and oh, yeah. whose house she's at. Okay, makes sense. And then uh, we got Lucy Liu as Oren. Oh, Ren Ishii. Ishii. And then we also have Daryl Hannah as L Driver. Yes, 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 yes. Perfect. Um, the California Mountain Snake. Yeah, that's actually a, a badass. It is a fucking cool nickname. That 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 snake will probably come up later in the, uh, the sure discussion. Will. So, <laughs> uh, in terms of the stats and everything, let's talk about the budget. Okay. Um. So let's do total. We're gonna do volume one and two. And yeah, since they were a shot. Much it was supposed to cost to make these films was it we had differing facts that we found, but between thirty and thirty nine million. Mm-hmm. Which is it's crazy to think some of these movies cost like that's a lot of money, but Hollywood standards for like big budget movies like this, that's fucking nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like I and, wonder if it was like considered like crazy like oh. MCU amount. I'm in, sure, I'm sure know, it was. though, because now with like Infinity War and Endgame, they're like 300 to like 450 million, mm-hmm. like half a billion dollars to do these movies. And I feel like they're so willing to, you know, push out that much money because they know that clearly it's going to oh, yeah. make so much more. Because people are just going to fucking show up in flocks. Yes. So total, it ended up costing 55, roughly 55 million to yep. make both films. Yep. Um, so how many days did it take to make? 155, Mm. which those are always so confusing to me too. (laughs) Like with how long it takes to film movies. Like you'll see some that took like 30 to 
60 days, so like two months. Mm -hmm. And then once again, I mean, I guess they probably had a lot of travel for this one going to like actually China and Japan and the U.S. is the two places it was filmed. But still, yeah, going back and forth, traveling and yeah. Um, so a total of 155 days. Yep. Total runtime for both films. 247 minutes. 247 minutes total. These movies go by quick to me, especially the first one, just under two hours. Yeah. I think it's, it's a tight, tight movie. Flies by, um, in a good way, in a great way, because you don't even think about any sort of downtime or anything. It's just constantly going. Quentin is very good at that. Quentin wanted to actually film, not film. He wanted to release it as just one total film. Yep. And it was coming in at like almost four hours long. (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking, that's too long for a movie. Yeah, and the production company told him that he either needs to cut out half the film or he just needs to split it up. And that's when he decided to split it up. I think from what I read, uh, old shitty uh, Harvey Weinstein was the one who was like, you're good. Keep going. Keep filming. We can just split it into two movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, probably the only good idea he ever had was getting Tarantino started. So yikes. Um, <laughs> so for box office, how much these films actually made? So for volume one, I had roughly 180.9 million. Yep. Uh, for volume two, I had roughly 150. 2.2 million point don't forget the point yes 152.2 million uh so total both films made roughly around 333 million total just right at the half of the old devil's number good amount of quiche there that is a good amount of cash especially for spending just over 50 million mm-hmm. i mean with budget i mean not with budget with like advertising and I'm sure fucking trailers and paying all that shit. I never know if that's included in the budget. Because I always hear like differing things. Like if it's $100 million, that's for the cast. That's for the crew. That's for like the editing. But costume design. The and costume design. Too. But does that does that entail the fucking, the, the billboards they got to put up in LA or the fucking trailers they got to make or the posters they got to ship all over the Never world. I thought about that. Yeah. I feel like it does though. But then also they're like flying people. Like I'm sure they had a huge like press tour for this in Japan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So they had to fly all these people out there. Is that part of the budget? <laughs> I want to know these things. We'll, these we'll are things to, I yeah. would never know until I moved to LA and try to work for a fucking film production company, which mm. would be fucking tight. But I don't think I'm smart enough for that. So why don't you give us the scores that this movie received? Um, okay. We're using IMDb and we're using Rotten Tomatoes. How did this do yes. with the audience? Do you want to start with the audience or do you want to start with the critics? You go for it. Whatever you want to do. Because mm, they're about the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes for the first one was 85% and then the second one was 84%. I don't know... I'm always going to have questions like what type of person did not like what 15% of critics did not like this movie. That's just crazy. Like probably a person that just hates Quentin, hates blood, hates action. Yeah. But I think if you're a critic, you should be pretty fair on like. You should be very open-minded to those sort of things. Yes. Yeah. And just see it as a movie and not as a Quentin Tarantino movie or something like that. (laughs) But I did find it interesting with the second one. It was 84% for the critics, but then the audience score on there was 89%. Mm -hmm. So the audience liked it a lot more, which is, uh, and I I think with the first one, it was lower, like three or 4% lower Mm -hmm. for audience on Kill Bill Volume 1. 
and I think the first one's like a f- far superior movie. <laughs> yeah, and I agree too. And I don't know, honestly, I don't know if that's because this is a very female-driven movie, which I love. And maybe you had a lot of. Do you think in the early two thousands, guys were like, "This movie is way too female driven, and there's not a lot of male presence in this movie. And we need more badass guys in this movie, and you know, typical fucking male bullshit." And because I did see a stat that there was more tickets sold to females for Volume Two than there was for Volume One. Probably after they saw the first one, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, this is fucking badass. Ian Thurman's awesome. Let's go Let's go check out the sequel. Yeah. Which, yeah, it so makes many, sense. So many strong female characters. Um, strong. And very. And I've never understood that term, I guess. Mm-hmm. You never say strong male characters. It's just, continue. That led to <laughs> more female audience members. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is awesome. And I feel like, um, this is one of the first f- movies to kind of show that sort of, you know, female presence that way and mm. really have only a female cast. Obviously, there is males, but very female. Um, yeah, you never they never present. really focus on any of the guys. I mean, no, obviously, yeah. Bill is in the title, but the whole point of this movie is the revenge on Bill mm-hmm. to get him fucking off the face of this earth. <laughs> Everyone who is a badass in this movie is a female. Yep. And it's fucking awesome. Yep. Um, and as far as IMDb score goes, the first one got an 8.1 and it does end up on their top 250, mm-hmm. which was at number 173, which is cool to see this movie on there. Yep. Um, and then the second one, volume two ended up with an 8.0. As of right now, I don't know how much it's going to change over the years, but only a one point difference between between the audience or the the fans. I guess IMDb probably run uses fans run by fans a lot and more. Once again, that's how you know it's a you know a, a great fucking sequel. Yeah. Do you actually rate movies on IMDb? I, I used to all the time. I don't have an IMDb account. Okay. Yeah. I do it on Letterboxd, but that might be interesting. We might add that to our Letterboxd has become the new IMDb. As far as like film reviews and ratings go, mm-hmm. IMDb is more used. I still use it like every day. Yeah, me too. It's much easier to look up cast lists and directors and filmographies when it comes to IMDb. I use it daily. I'm yeah, on there constantly. <laughs> for real. It's what if I used to have a phone and I could only have like five or six apps at a time. It was like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then IMDb. Mm-hmm. I just, I always needed it for every fucking movie you watch. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I'll see a face in a show and I'll be like, what the fuck? Yep. How do I recognize Who that is person? That? And I'll look it up constantly. Yeah. Um, okay. So these films came out in 03 and 04. Yes. Uh, really quickly, let's talk about some other movies that made an impact on us that came out in 03 and 04 when we were younger. Okay. Uh, movies that we remember seeing in theaters, movies that were, were kind of a big deal for us when this 03, 04 era. Okay. So... You want to I'll start with Go ahead. Um, one of the ones that made an impact for me was Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yes. Fucking the best picture winner from that year. Yep. Probably the first movie I saw in theaters, to be 100% honest. It is the earliest memory of being in a movie theater for myself. Yeah, because I don't know if you want to refresh the listeners, but you uh, were in a coma from the, when you were born from, until you were 10 years old. Yep, I came out and, comatose. Yes. And then I just... I didn't go to I didn't go into elementary or preschool, mm. but like I woke up when I was nine years old, and the first thing my stepdad did was like, "Do you want to go see Lord of the Rings: Turn of the King?" I'm like, 
fuck yeah. yeah. I My first words were fuck yeah. You knew how to speak instantly. Yes, I knew how to speak. And then... You are probably already had some facial hair going too. Yes. I sat behind the tallest fucking dude in the world. So I don't remember actually watching the movie. I remember going to the movie because it was a sold out screening. I was there with my stepdad and my real brother and then my two other like step siblings. And okay. we had to sit like in random spaces because there wasn't enough space for us all. But that's probably my earliest movie memory. That's insane. It's weird. My I remember my childhood fairly decent. Oh, and, I and don't. You, you don't at all, and I don't understand that. That'll why. be a reoccurring thing. Clearly, you weren't in a coma for those it, people who it, don't. I might as we well be. I don't but remember my we, childhood. We joke that you were because you literally don't remember There's anything. No. I remember <laughs> my first, I'll make this quick, my first big movie experience seen in theaters was actually at Newton, where we grew up. Yep, um, that's where I went to. And too, it was so. the drive-in. Oh, and nope. I saw Twister at Twister. the drive-in, and it was terrifying. Because you thought a Twister was going to come through since there was you were a, in your car. There was a storm that of course actually there was. had started to happen, That's... and it was after the film, but I still kind of put those two together. I was like, oh, shit, I just saw this crazy tornado movie, and now there's seems like there's a tornado coming for directly from my house and nobody else's house, just mine, yeah. and I was terrified, and it made me terrified of storms as a child. Do you remember um, the, the double feature, what the second movie was? No. No. Yeah. So uh, a second one for me that I had was School of Rock, which yes. I saw in theaters. Of course you did. And I remember this because w- when I saw it in theaters, after we were done with the movie, you know, we're walking out of the theater and there was this insane huge crash right in front of the theater. And that car actually got flipped over. The Newton Theater? Got, no, 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 no. This was in, I think it was in Ankeny. That's so Ankeny weird, dude. Theater. I never came to Des Moines as a child. You seem to be here all the time. Well, Ankeny, Des Moines. My, and it was all because my mom. For some reason, my mom felt the need to go to that one. And also, too, the Newton Theater is very old. And Not very anymore. Like out, but it was at the time yes. very out of date when it comes to movies. So if you wanted to see a newer release... You're not seeing a Newton. Because you had to wait like two weeks. You're going out of town. Yeah. You're going out of town. Out of town. So School of Rock, Jack Black. Love it. Awesome yes. comedy. Still love it to this day. iCarly's in funny. that movie. iCarly, Miranda Cosgrove. Cos- Cosgrove. Cosgrove. Um, so what's another one that you had? Fucking Finding Nemo, dude. Oh. A fucking all-time Pixar animated, all-time movie. Yeah. I wrote down movies that I had. Obviously, I remember watching my dad not my stepdad both 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 dad stories with these movies mm. we had a nemo party where my dad fucking invited friends over we watched finding nemo we had goldfish and he invited friends that we never fucking hung out with it okay, was oh. the weirdest fucking thing in the world so he had goldfish because it was finding nemo yes see the fact that you remember that i don't know I don't, it wasn't the same year it came out. It was years later, so I was older. It was past the age of 11 or 12, probably. You, you remember food very well. You also brought up a point during a Halloween special that when you were watching Signs, the cheese, you were very specific yep. about your cheese Ritz. Cheese Ritz. That you threw out of the bowl yeah. out of sheer terror. Terror. And uh, Horror. But... You just, yeah, you remember food details a lot better than you remember your early childhood years. That's the only important thing that happened. So, food. Uh, um, so another one that I had was Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. The, Curse the, of the Black Pearl. That's all you. I, you didn't see that movie uh, in theaters? I didn't see a movie in theaters. 2003 and then probably not again for like four or five years. 
Okay, well, lead with that because these movies came out the same year. Oh, I know. So it's like, you know, the first movie you would have saw with Lord of the Rings and then you could have gone to see Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, no. That was like the only movie my parents ever physically took me to a theater to go see. Mm. I had to wait till middle school to actually go see another movie. Not a big fan of the of the saga. Um, I do remember loving the first one, though. Yep. I do remember like, oh, this is a cool original. You know, I would be. And at the time, Johnny I would love Depp to rewatch was, that one. Johnny Depp was killing it. At oh, yeah. Early 2000s when this came out. Everybody loved him. Everybody um, loves Johnny. So, yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Uh, another one that I had, Napoleon Dynamite. 2004, yes. Fucking game changer <laughs> when it comes to comedies. Yep. So underestimated. Your fucking mom goes to college and all that. Classic. <laughs> Dude, it's just, just fucking. There's still no other comedies to this day that are like Napoleon Dynamite. No, there's not. What? How fucking like dry humor yep. and how low budget is, <laughs> and just how just random it is. And, and there's you... like nobody in it, you know. Mm-hmm. They still no one in that movie still does anything. What John Hader or Heater was in fucking Benchwarmers, and that's about it. Blades of Glory. Okay, yeah, everyone loves that <laughs> fucking Will Ferrell movie. Uh, but um, I told you I saw that in theaters also. Yes, yeah, so saw that flew at Fleur Cinema, dude. That theater is going to close, Fleur. as depressing as it sounds. It hasn't been open. It's the only theater in the Des Moines area that's not open. For the listeners who don't know, it's just this really cool little indie coffee shop theater yeah. that really only plays like low production indie films. Um, sometimes they'll do like a, you know, like a throwback kind of playing older film that's popular. But for newer movies, um, much more indie A24 films, stuff yep. like that. Uh, shout out to Fleur Cinema. Fucking don't close. Don't close. Please so, don't. Sony Pictures <laughs> Classics. <laughs> Just checked my pen across the room. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, you got to take it easy on those pens. Damn, Spent a lot of money on those. Stole it from work. But... Um, the Village. You have to at least remember seeing The Village. Yep, that's another one I had written down because I had a... It was the first like horror movie I ever watched. I got invited to a birthday party like two years after it came out. And that's what fucking movie we watched mm. as like elementary school kids you were terrified yeah of course yeah. i was i saw it in elementary also what a fucking fucked up movie for our parents to allow us to watch i wasn't able to finish it when i first tried to watch it i because of the claws was not able to finish it when i first saw one the giant monster with that red you know cloak over his yeah, body yeah, yeah. and stuff just like walking i was instantly like i'm fucking done i'm terrified and i was at a buddy of mine's house and friends in the village yeah sprinted upstairs and he finished the rest of the movie and he's basically like, you're a fucking pussy and i was like i'm staying upstairs i'm not dealing with this shit getting called a pussy in sixth grade nothing like it nothing like it man no, um no way i knew what that word was <laughs> so, yeah no i didn't either i don't remember what he said but whatever uh so the village uh another one Shaun of the dead yeah it's one I of your favorites said before one of my favorite zombie movies one of my favorite comedies just a very you know dry british humor film um nick frost simon Pegg, classic duo yeah they make great stuff they do i miss them they miss you guys comedy never gets old it never gets old i love it love it love it love it um and then you had to have one more for 2004 for either year because no. i'm i'm kind of all over the place with the years i just i no, just we kind of wrote down the years. same movies because those are all movies that i watched as like a party or like winner. We, that's all I got. That's all I got to say about those movies. Anchorman. Okay. Yeah, I didn't write down Anchorman. Anchorman is one yes. of your favorite comedies right now, though. I don't know if it would be right now. If I had to say my top ten comedies, I don't know if it would be in there. 
but yes, it probably was the first comedy I actually fell in love with mm-hmm. because of Steve Carell. Because in middle school and high school, compared to fucking Steve Carell all the time, yep. I don't get it that much anymore. But okay. yes. Why were you compared to him? Because I look like him. There you go. Because I'm still a virgin. So that's actually what I wanted you to say. Oh, well, I'm not. That's not. the whole point of the whole, you know, bachelor heated seats thing is just for you to finally lose your virginity. For me to finally get to get. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of a term that's not gross. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So those were the, we'll call them kill stats. The kill stats. The kill stats. Well, to get some, uh, some new uh some new names for it no i like the kill stats I mean, so not for for every it's episode it's gonna be different for every episode. yes that's what i meant so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a little break and then when we come back we are going to kill bill hey listeners we're gonna take a quick break to talk about one of my favorite local businesses here they are to share hey guys this is brooke and Shana. Like Dallas and Alex, we're best friends, and we have our own company, Wicker and Wax. We make soy candles and sell vintage curated designs. You can find us on Instagram at wicker underscore and underscore wax. We would not have a local business on here if it wasn't something I don't support. All right, I'm going to tell you guys, they have some of the best smelling candles I've ever smelled in my life. All right, I got these candles lit all over my house. And I would not be talking about this right now if I didn't think it was a business that isn't killing it. All right, Wicker and Wax, check them out. All right, guys, we're back. Um, so Kill Bill time, dude. Kill Bill time. Time to finally talk it. Baby. Talk the bill. So before we get into our breakdowns, Killiam, and the Billiam. things that we liked and the things that we hated and you know all that, Yes. I am going to put my co-host here in the hottest seat of his life okay kind of forgot this was coming you're to be totally honest you're in the heated seat right ah, my friend i need to close my notes because i don't want to cheat so this is going to be a new segment that we're going to carry on to the other episodes this is going to be film trivia so this is going to be um for kill bill i'm going to ask him a couple questions and we're going to see if he actually did his homework oh boy so we're we're just going to jump into it let's do it all right. Give it, me a question. It was, it was tough for me to find multiple choice questions. Did so you look them up? It's not going to be multiple choice. That's fine. But we're going to see how you do. Okay? okay. So bring it. What was the name on the bride's headstone? Oh, it's one of the fucking titles. Patricia. Is that the first name? It starts with a P. I fucking know it starts with a P. Puckin, 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 Patricia. Um, I don't know. It's not, I almost said Beatrix. That's her fucking name. It's her Last real name. name starts with an S. I don't know. I have, I'm not going to get it. Paula Schultz. Paula fucking Schultz. You dumb fucking dead bitch. Okay. All right. So, uh, who, who <laughs> was first on Beatrix's hit list? Uh, fucking Lucy Liu. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, Rani Shee. Oh, Rani Shee. Yeah. Good you job. Know, I got, I got the actor. So, and you have to say this perfectly. Okay. How does Beatrix kill Bill? Perfectly. I know I, that's the freaking like five Think finger about this. death, not, I almost said five finger death punch. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not that. Not a shout out to them. Can't stand them anymore. You dumb. They used to be good back in the day. They just released a music school. video 
basically okay. saying fuck masks. Um, Start over again. You, you were good. You started with the five. Yes, I know so it's five, five. Five punch, five death, five fist. I don't know. I five foot fist away. Freaking five points. Five points. Death punch. I don't know. Five point palm exploding heart technique. Oh no! Fucking chance. I was getting that. No fucking chance. There's one I'm waiting for you to ask me because it's in my mind, but I don't know if you're going to ask it. Besides Black Mamba, what are the other code names of the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad? Besides Black Viper, you said? Besides, well, that's not even one nope. of them. What'd you say? So you already failed. <laughs> Besides Black Mamba, Black a.k.a. Beatrix, Mamba. a.k.a. The Bride, a.k.a. Uma Thurman. Freaking Cottonmouth, California... Okay. We just said it earlier. Yeah, I know. This is cotton hard. Mouth is one. I, I can't wait for you to do this next week. Freaking cotton mouth. I, I I can't think of a snake. There's no cobra. There's no freaking. There's the California mountain snake. Ooh, there you go. That's right? two. Okay. Ah, yes. There's what two more? Yep. Um. Any? Give me a hint. Give me any sort the, of hint. The the third one starts with a C. Also. With us, another C. Mm-hmm. There's a third C. It's not the C word. Do you want me to tell you the who, the person? Yeah, sure. Vernita Green, Vivica oh, Fox. Vivica cock cock ball snake. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna get the name. Copperhead. Fucking goddamn it. And then <laughs> Bud. Bud. And his starts with an S. With an S. Yes. Snake. It's just snake sour sour patch snake sidewinder all right my favorite ride at adventureland so so far you haven't gotten any of these correct yeah i got freaking oren ishii being number one on the you kill did. list yep, you're right you're right i'm sorry yes okay you got I'm one. one for you five one. Yes, yes one of four whatever the fucking math is <laughs> which eye did l have the patch over her right that was fast that was good yep. all right so two you're two two of five right a five Okay, how many questions you got? So this is an easy one. I decided to give you an easy one at the end here. We'll see. No, you're going to get it. As with many Tarantino films, Sam L. Jackson makes an appearance. Yeah. What character does he play? His name or just what does he do? Do they ever what say his name? He he's the freaking piano player for what their wedding. What is his name? I don't know. I know he's the piano player for the wedding. The church organ player and his name yeah. is Rufus. Rufus. Rufus is the man. Rufus freaking doofus. He's not a doofus. So that was a little Kill Bill trivia. A little Kill Bill heated seats trivia. Three of six. Put Dallas in the put Dallas in the hot seat there. And next week to, will be me. I'm gonna have to bring it hard. And we're gonna we're uh, gonna keep I for sure thought because I originally I wrote down trivia questions because we both kind of thought of the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh I the first thing I wrote down was what was the serial? Kaboom. Yep. Of course you get it right away <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing i wrote down kaboom cereal trivia yep yeah fucking fuck so yeah. going forward in future episodes when you're the host and when i'm in the heated seat yes are you going to make up your own or are you going to google it because i googled it um all of mine i wrote down as i was watching like i wrote down that i'm i know i wrote down a fucking couple more okay well either way but, i think it would be harder 
like if where you, was if, the if you were to make up your own because i feel like you yeah. would make, make much more like smaller little detail nitpicky questions yeah and that's kind of why i googled it because i was like well i don't want to you know be like well tech actually you might be able to answer this one technically how many members of the crazy 88 were there i they don't think they ever specify 40. there's 40 yeah Oh, I don't remember them ever specified. That's probably something someone counted. Yeah, it could be a fact. But I think yeah. when you like... We might need to fact check that, but like things yeah. like that. Um, like when there's a kill count in a movie, mm. that's so hard. Like with Lord of the Rings, like oh, 10,752. No it's like you can't fucking tell. No way. But yeah, I did write down like another trivia, like where's the wedding set? Do you remember where it is? El Paso? Yep, there you go. So two um. easy ones for you apparently. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get into the movie here. Let's talk fucking Kill Bill. So dude. let's talk let's talk Kill Bill. Uh, yeah. So for scenes that jumped out for us, scenes that we feel mentionable and scenes that we feel like discussing, just overall everything. Um, what's one of the first ones that come to your mind? The one that, no matter what, I was hoping would be the first one to come up. It's basically fucking five minutes into the movie yep. is when the bride shows up to freaking. Vernita Green's house. Okay, Fox, Vernita Green. Fucking right pulling up in the pussy wagon. Yep. Oh, I think it's the fucking... One of the best intros in any film One of ever. the best intros. I know it's not technically the intro because you see her laying on the ground freaking, yeah. Bill, it's your kid. Yeah. But, dude, just the first scene, you just see her pull up in the pussy wagon, freaking get out of the car. I don't know why this this scene looks fucking amazing in Blu-ray. Mm. I don't know if it was the TV. I don't know if it's the Blu-ray cut. I don't know if the lighting. I don't know if it's the outfits they're wearing. But the color in this fucking scene with the green lawn. Don't remember the color of the house. The green house. The, is the house the green house is green. The green. I don't is, remember yeah, that. But very green. The colors just fucking stand out. Mm-hmm. And even when they're fighting in the actual house, fucking yeah. breaking all the glass, being slammed against each other with the knives and everything about it. Is just I think almost perfect. The choreography, just the, the sudden stop of it when her daughter shows up. Mm-hmm. Nikita. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think that this is one of the most badass yep. uh, scenes in any film that I can remember for like the first beginning part of a movie. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's so iconic because it just jumps right into it. It's just yep. a fucking gut punch right away. There's and, barely any like setup. Yeah, there isn't any. And so. Um, I just love how quickly it gets into it, uh, which is kind of, you know, rare for him because his other films before this were heavy dialogue in the beginning and his later films are also, but this is just one where he's like, you know what? I just want to fucking just take this train off the fucking rails and just start. He wanted to make an action movie yeah, and he's like, here you fucking go. Here's some action Mm -hmm. and it's fucking all badass <laughs> one of the most badass scenes between two you know badass chicks and chicks i'll never i'll never forget it um so yeah because yeah the first freaking the first kill <laughs> with freaking she tries to shoot the bride and mm-hmm. apparently they got no not like a gun skill training being this assassination squad she only got training with the knife and the sword because how the fuck? That's basically point blank range. That's yes. got to be what less than ten feet mm-hmm. with a gun. That she's was the gun in the cereal box. Yeah, she put it, and that's why the name of the box was called Kaboom. Never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. <laughs> but so it was just in the box the entire time. Uh, 
because where does she get it from? Because you would think she got it from the drawer, but it zooms in on the drawer. Yeah. And there's... I guess there's a technical aspect to it yeah. that no one thought of, but technically the the gun is inside the box of cereal. That would be kind of cool. Like, she's been waiting, because she knows she's alive, because mm-hmm. she's been in a coma for four years. But so she's just been waiting for four years for her to show up. So she just has, like, guns hidden, like, telling her daughter, like... You cannot eat that cereal. That's only Do for not me. Pour your own bowl of cereal. I'll be pouring it for you. Yep. I sounded very country when I said. I'll I be pouring it for I'll you. I'll be pouring it for you. So yeah, the 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 beginning fight scene. Yeah, I think uh, is it's just iconic. I just think it's perfect. Never forget it. She just gets to cross someone off her list like instantly, mm-hmm. and but you do see her already has already crossed off someone off her list which gets into quentin's like linear yep. storytelling not starting so, from the very beginning yeah, of the and story. it kind of spoils like you know that she already killed somebody and you're kind of waiting to see if it's actually going to show it mm. which, i never thought about that yeah 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 um so moving on one of my favorite scenes um i'm not sure if you agree with this one but see. is oren ishii's anime backstory okay talk about it this is unlike anything i've ever seen in a movie <laughs> yep and it's so original and it's the fact that quentin thought to put this in there to fit the you know anime chinese you japanese. know japanese asian yeah history that he they kind of like anime really dug the, into the japanese aspect was the best way to give oren's backstory yeah and it's so beautifully done. It's brutal as all fuck. <laughs> it's so brutal. And it's kind of terrifying. It really is. And it's just so well done. And it's so memorable. And the score is just fucking just so dark and creepy and genius. Um, and obviously, you know, the, the I don't really know how to put it into words but just the way the characters look and everything the drawing of everything is just yeah. so well done did you know who drew these scenes because i, I think that would be something cool to look up to see if they've done either like comic books mm-hmm. or if they do their own anime probably or was it like i feel like he probably reached out to an anime artist that he's seen you know do, do other work similar because yeah. he's very big into you know asian culture when it comes to film and you know, TVs, shows, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Probably watching a bunch of old. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, it shows in this in these yeah, movies. Yeah. Um, the but, influence he got from it. Yeah. Um, so, Oren's anime backstory was just perfect for me. It was it, it, because it would have been like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I can't really, I can't really put it into words. Um, the how she's just blowing dudes' kneecaps off. Just knees, kneecaps. It's just fucking brutal. Yeah. And then it also too shows how her mom died mm-hmm. um, from Boss Matsumoto. <laughs> and, the fucking pedophile. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a great way to keep the action going, to keep the audience on the edge of their seat, and it's so unexpected. Um, and it's just, it's it's perfect. I love it. It really is. Um, well, I think we'll just lead because then you lead into Oren Ishii. I mean, you it's technically part of the same chapter, but just showing her and her like, how she's the lead of everybody and how she's like the half Chinese, half Japanese, American born. Well, all of them are kind of mm-hmm. her and her henchman who was played by Julie Dreyfus, which yeah. is fucking Sophie. Weird. Freaking Julie. 
but there's not much other than the beheading. You just see how much of a badass she is. But I, I don't know if you want to kind of lead straight into the freaking, basically the climax, the last like 40 minutes of the movie. So something I wanted to bring up before. Before we get to that. Before the battle, of, you know, at the end and all that, because that is going to be very heavy in this. Yeah, I guess that's um, true. But I wanted to bring up uh, when the bride, Beatrix, Uma Thurman, um, meets a Tori Hanzo. Okay. Yep. And this this the whole first she, movie is how she receives her samurai sword. We could speak about the entire fucking thing. Custom made. Yeah. Um, and very comedic too. Also, yeah. The man she, from Okinawa. Yeah. When she meets Hattori and um, you know his his coworker. Yeah. And they're going back and forth, yelling at each other, and it's just a very funny, lighthearted scene. Um, yeah. And I love it. Um, and it also gives some good backstory on Hattori in the suck. Yeah. Um, it gives some good backstory on Hitori, Hitori, when she goes up to the attic, you know, and is looking at all the other the swords that he's swords, made yeah. and what he's done in the past. Um, and also, too, Hitori, uh, um, man, I'm just going to botch this. I can't. Hitori Hanzo? Well, no, no, no. His real name. Oh, his real name? Um, Shinichi? I oh, think I don't. Shinichi. It's so hard to um, pronounce. <laughs> he has played the character of Hitori Hanzo in older Chinese television shows. So is this a character um, that this Quentin did actual, not create him? No, no. Oh. So this is version, it a real person? Um, no, but it was a made-up character that this person had played in older Chinese, Japanese, that's Asian really cool. television. That's really cool that he grabbed and him. For that's this where movie. he got the idea from. Yeah, there's that's so awesome. many homages in this. Oh yeah. Um, Hattori played uh, the same character um, in other films, uh, TV shows. Sorry, and that's where Quentin got the idea. Um, and then this version of Hitori uh, is kind of Quentin's laying the character to rest, where um, he's an older, you know, yep. he's retired, uh, retired from, guy, from making just, the instruments of death. Yes. Which I love that he calls uh, freaking katanas or swords mm-hmm. that. Um, and all he wants to do now is make sushi. He yep. doesn't want to make his instruments of death. That could he even definitely doesn't want to get the sake or the tea. Bring God down, as he says, or he says sort of a line like that. Yeah. That even if you meet God, you know you'll bring him to his knees or whatever. Yep. Um. So yeah. Uh, them meeting, I think, is a very you know big part of the film. Yes. And how she actually receives her Hattori Hanzo sword. Her Hanzo, because he retired from making them, and then two points on this. I wrote down that. Uma looks fire when she walks into the bar. Yes. The sushi bar. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say hot, but she <laughs> well, looks fucking, I don't know. What do you say? Gorgeous. Pretty gorgeous. Yeah. Beautiful. I don't yes. know. She looks fucking, go, all of them. <laughs> that was like the first thing I thought of when she walked in. I'm like, holy shit. The, yeah, obviously they, they did that on purpose, you know, because Hitori, even you can even see in his expression, he's like, he's like holy mother of God. He's like American right away. He knows, you know, <laughs> yeah. Or he says English English. Yeah. Have and they met before they had, didn't they meet before? Cause in the movie, no. In, in like person, in, in the storyline, in the storyline. No, because freaking bud later in the movie obviously has a Hanzo sword. Yeah. Didn't they all have Hanzo swords? So the, how, but this is going further in the movie, but I know, but quick, it's all the bud, movie. How bud received his Hanzo sword yeah. was a gift from bill. And Bill was an apprentice. Oh, so Bill Hattori was Hanzo. probably the only one that actually met him. So Bill, okay. yes. Makes sense. Last thing on that scene. The baseball scene, when she cuts it in mm-hmm. half. Yeah. 
Do you know who actually did that? It was done in real life. Zobel. 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 Yeah, that's fucking wild that it was actually done. And it wasn't like a CGI like stunt or Mm -hmm. anything. Zobel, basically Uma Thurman's twin. It might as fucking well be. It's her stunt double, um, but they look identical. Yeah. Um, Okay, so moving on. uh, Let's let's jump into chapter five. Um, Okay, the final chapter of volume one. Battle at the House of Blue Leaves, we'll call it. Yes, which is a cool ass name for a club this whole club in general is fucking cool the Mm -hmm. whole layout because then i don't know there's i'll bring up the end of it there's so many different people in this scene but it mostly involves uma uh the bride beatrix uh lucy lou as oren um gogo gogo who is her bodyguard Lucy's bodyguard henchwoman the 17 year old sidekick yeah um and then uh julie dreyfus which you brought up earlier sophie fatel um, and then also two another uh, badass name Gordon Gordon Liu who plays Johnny Mo who is the leader of the Crazy Eighty Eight. It's the main guy with like the, the bald fucking, guy with yeah. the yep eye with mask, the eye mask, whatever um, you want to call and that. And then also the, the eyes wide shut mask. Five, six, seven, eights. Yes, who are the, the real fucking band. All female ooh, ooh, band. Ooh, ooh, they play ooh. themselves. That's <clears> exactly what it dude. Sounds my like. voice is awful. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, huge scene. Uh, ton ton of people in this, oh, in this scene it's, so much fucking happens it's crazy um so <laughs> what fucking when i think of this scene this to me is what makes the movie you think that this it's the climax it's the it's the big fight this was the perfect kind of ending chapter for the first film mm-hmm. it is hands down one of the goriest most brutal scenes gory brutal do you think the reason he cuts you kind of brought it up within uh the animated scene it's bloody but it's animated before you even brought up the fact that i think he was making an homage to japanese culture with the anime and I kind of see this as being black and white because it's another homage to black and white, like old Japanese, like samurai films. But I almost think he had to do something with those scenes because if they were just straight blood, there would be so much blood in this scene or this movie would probably have to be like NC 17 and he couldn't have even like released it in theaters. Um, to be totally honest, I don't think that's the reason. Oh yeah. I, I don't think the, it is, the, but it's almost like, the the reason you know what those black and white scenes that um do appear throughout the entire film yeah um i think it is when uma the bride beatrix is faced with a near death situation so she just goes into like fucking psycho mode and then everything's just well her psycho mode is head on it's, it's the red it's her red vision yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but this is a scene where she becomes so close to dying or okay. could almost die in the scene, but still fights death. So she's killing off the entire crazy eight. It's a black and white scene. She's so close to facing death. Another scene when she's being buried by Bud later on in volume yeah. two, as she's in the coffin, it's black and white because she could die in that coffin. It's black and white when she gets shot in the head by Bill at the wedding because she almost died. Mm. But it never goes black and white when she gets hit with like the salt from Bud. It doesn't. But, but that's like the closest where she's actually injured. See, so then what does the black and white mean? No, no, no. Does he just choose it because it's cool, he thinks it's it looks a, best for the scene? It's a I cool it. artistic. I, 
and it's it's cool that it's not like the second she starts fighting the crazy mm-hmm. idiot. It's just oh, yeah. like it's when, it's at a random fucking part. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. It's when it really starts to get even heavier and more yeah. crazy. But just some of the kills in this are just <laughs> insane. When she splits some guy right Dude, down the middle, straight in half, right in half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but just <laughs> it's so it's so overdone. It's so dramatic. It's so insane. This Kill Bill Volume One was the first Tarantino movie I'd ever seen. Oh, for real. And so it might have been for me too. You probably showed it to me in high school. I don't fucking remember it all. Seeing this as the first Tarantino movie I've ever seen, you're like really seriously put it on a pedestal. And uh, I was yeah. like, holy shit, this guy's on a whole nother level. He he he's not holding anything back. Dude, that's what I was gonna bring it up in the beginning, but I know his first three movies are great as far as dialogue goes. They do get bloody. But he just took a complete step up mm-hmm. with this movie, did something completely different, showed yep. he can be an action director, showed he can actually work the camera. Because with this scene, oh, when it's that fucking long shot, following her upstairs, yep. following her into the bathroom. It's all over. Following the fucking guys down the hallway. Mm-hmm. It's fucking, the camera works basically perfect in this fucking scene. The, the score is so perfect also and yep. just the homage that it has you know to, mm-hmm. like we keep saying you know older japanese television and it's just and also to some of these scenes where she's jumping on the guy's shoulders yeah and just it's so crazy and over the top and even the little sound effects you know like the noises and stuff yep. when they're flying through the air just the, those crazy weird sound effects that was things that was actually used yeah in older japanese television which is in well, hong kong yeah, cinema hilarious and so he just nails it perfectly just such an unforgettable scene um, and just an iconic scene that will always forever be one of my favorite Tarantino moments. Oh, for real. Um, with Orin and this, the bride or Beatrix, she has been pretty uh, like, she has a plan. She mm-hmm. knows where all these people are. She obviously knows this is her hideout. Just like super straightforward. Just... But it's crazy she chose this area where she knew she did she, even if she didn't know the crazy eight existed she had to have known she had like 10 bodyguards with her mm-hmm. it's crazy that she was so confident like i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna kill her yeah and then kind of on the other end oren kind of a coward she's like tear that bitch apart and then just sends everybody to her while she goes and hides in the fucking background. If you think about it, it's a very final boss video game move. Yeah, just throwing all your henchmen at him instead of like going to fight him yourself. And the fact that she didn't fight Oren in the same room, the fact that yes. she had to move on to literally like almost like the boss's lair, boss's lair is just yeah. such like a boss move. I love it. It really is. And it, it makes for such a good, like, elegant ending to the Dude, scene with just another, in the snow. This a, movie is bookended with beautiful, the two most beautiful scenes, yep. I think, in this movie. I totally agree. <laughs> um, but yes, no, I. it's so funny how I just, all I think of is, like, boss fights when yeah. I think of this movie. Just her trying to get to the next boss and then the next boss. Um, and it brings me back to my video game days. Fuck yeah. Um, so something that I wanted to bring up, um, the leader of the crazy 88, uh, Gordon Liu, Johnny Mo, um, was also another person who was acting in early Hong Kong cinema roles. And, um, you know, he would play these characters in these early Japanese TV shows and stuff too. Yeah. So that's why Tarantino chose him for the role as the leader of the crazy 88. And then also he plays um, Pai Mei too. 
Oh, for real? And so... I did not know that. They don't even look like the same person. Gordon Liu was fighting a character called Pai Mei in these early Japanese TV shows. And that's oh, what gave Tarantino, a lot of fucking names. That's what gave Tarantino the idea to have Gordon Liu play Pai Mei. That's awesome. In volume two was because he was fighting this character as a younger guy, no, you know, in, her, person, in, yeah. in his early television show days. <laughs> and he's like, you know what, Gordon, I want you to play Pai Mei because yeah. um, it was kind of a big character back in the day. Little um, uh, fun fact, you know, QT himself wanted to play Pai Mei. I did not know that. Yeah, I read that in that book I was reading. He cool. originally wanted to play that character, I, which would I, kind of be a that little... That would have in, ruined it for a me. A little uh, in, insensitive, if that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, white, very whitewashed. Whitewashed, yes. Very Especially whitewashed. when you're setting this in Japan. You want to use... He even used like Japanese film crews with, oh, yeah. for the parts that they filmed overseas. Yeah, that's why it, it's so good. That's so authentic, yeah. Um, but in, we'll get into Pai Mei later when it comes to Volume 2. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, that to me really sums up Volume 1. It does. Almost, um, I think it's fucking awesome yep, uh, awesome first part yep. to this movie maybe the second or third time i've ever seen this and i fucking loved it i loved it this time yeah i i was stoked <laughs> i've been pretty stoked being able to watch rewatch these movies and then now going back and talking about them it's, it's awesome why it's my second favorite tarantino movie of all time no i'm so interested to get into our our top fives of this director um so we'll jump into a few scenes from volume two all right uh, just going right into it um but for the first one that i had uh was when the bride arrives at bud's camper okay so that is i think the scene that almost stands out the most this, yeah this setting kind of stands out the most in this in this volume in mm -hmm. the part two the it, fucking it, the hills have eyes camper it becomes yeah, <laughs> the vibes of it it goes from you know an older hong kong cinema style to more yeah. of a spaghetti western it really does yeah um and then so this scene involves still you know, revenge uma finding bud's camper yes you know thinking that she has the heads up on and has the upper hand jump on you know you know kill him yeah. um but you know, flies open the door and takes a freaking salt. The fucking pellet to the, the chest. Rock salt deep into her tits. Yep. <laughs> and just fucking <laughs> blows her to shit. Yeah. Do you think that if someone was to actually take a shotgun salt pellet to the chest that close that they would fly that far? Uh no. Because it's obviously <laughs> it's it's Tarantino that's being what makes a it so great. over dramatic. It but, makes it seem yeah. so much more brutal and intense <laughs> that she flies, you know. Oh, I'm sure it would be pretty intense feet. taking her off her feet. Oh, fucking throwing her out into the desert. Couldn't even imagine. <laughs> um, was there anything that you wanted to add to that kind of quick little? I wanted to add, I do, because you barely see fucking Michael Madsen in this movie at all. He's not that present. He's not, because you, you hear him say the line like fucking, she deserves her revenge and we deserve to die. Mm -hmm. You hear that towards the end of the first one. And then you hear it again at the beginning. Or yeah, I think it's in this, yeah. this same scene when he's talking to fucking, to Bill, mm -hmm. which did not know was his brother until I watched this for the second time. Really? Volume two. Another fucking cool thing. Mm -hmm. They don't seem like David Carradine seems so much older. Oh my god. Than yeah. Michael Madsen, yeah. which doesn't make any difference. I mean you can have a brother that's like fifteen to twenty years older than but you. But it looks like he's his grandpa. <laughs> it definitely looks like he's a fucking old ass man. But this scene, yeah, it's just 
it goes from this. I wrote down it's gross that he fucking spits the chew in her face. Oh, yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Yep. One of the, like, grossest things. I don't get grossed out by movies. I don't get grossed <laughs> out by blood, violence, beheadings. I'm like, oh, that's fucking sweet. How do you do this in a movie without actually killing the person? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that part's fucking gross. And then it kind of leads into the, uh, the Texas funeral. Yeah. You remember that? I was <laughs> yeah. going to say that. I wrote it down, yep. but I think that's a fucking, a badass name for being buried alive. Yep. I put that down also, <laughs> uh, where he, um, gets ready to throw her in the coffin yes. and, and bury her alive. Um, yep. and just another, like I said earlier, another scene where she's faced with a near death situation. Another attempt why don't these fucking idiots just kill her instead of just fucking with her? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Why do they keep leaving her alive? I don't understand it. Don't just to, like, you know, what they're, I don't know. What they're trying to do is they're trying to think of the most brutal way to make her suffer yeah. because they want to make her suffer. They don't just want to slit her throat I, and, and you know, they want to have a, they want to put up a fight or yeah. they want to, they want to make her go through absolute hell. But they, and, they didn't want to make her suffer at the very first place. They just shot her in the head. And then they didn't like even attempt to see if she was still alive. Like you can't, you're probably, Bill's probably a fucking billionaire. Mm-hmm. You can't spare an extra bullet to the fucking, to the brain. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't fucking get why they don't just kill her. It just, it's funny though, because it just shows each person's way of thinking that the most brutal way to, to kill her is. Yeah. And also, you know what I mean? like so bill's way sorry bud's way of making her suffer is to bury her alive yeah um and then in the beginning volume one l's way to make her suffer is to just simply you know poison her while she's in a coma stop bill stops her at the last fucking second so yeah it's just ultimately their idea Uh, of making her suffer as much as possible i did write then the funny that fucking hat from his boss at the strip club because I think that scene's so funny. I don't get why all these people that were these elite fucking assassins all go into these shitty lives now. Mm. Besides Bill, he's living in a giant fucking like house out in the middle of the desert. But fucking, I don't think Oren had a shitty life. Okay, Oren's like the 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 one she's that a fucking mob boss. She's a fucking mob boss. But Bud lives in the fucking middle of nowhere, well, shittiest fucking thing. And he's really the only one because Vivica Fox, Veronica, she I mean, she's lives a mom a, now. Yeah, she's, she's a, a mom suburban a, mom. Yeah, but you think she would want to live some high life like life, mm-hmm. being a fucking badass? But <laughs> like, what do you think she does for a job? Works as a fucking teacher. It could be, or yeah. she's maybe she's a stay-at-home mom because she just collected so much money from assassinations over the years. Yeah. But some of these people seem so young, like Vivica Fox. Maybe seems like early thirties, mm-hmm. and she's already retired from this life. Could be because of her child, which is the That's same true. reason that Uma tried to retire. Yeah, then why aren't all these other fucking people dead? Is it because Bill and the bride were in love? Well, no, it's because probably because Veronica explained to Bill why she wants to get out oh instead of just she, bailing yeah rather yeah. than just leaving and bailing which they explain at the end of the movie when their discussion that's fair um but let's get back on track so uh yeah a favorite scene of ours was when uma is being buried alive yes um and then as she's being buried alive the flashback uh, the flashback to one of my favorite scenes her meeting Pyme. oh that's one of your f- oh Okay, Ooh. here we go. A little, a little heated controversy. A little I've been controversy waiting to get here. into this. Um, so clearly, you don't like this scene. Why not? I think it's over the top to a fault with how like 
how dramatic how dramatic his fucking mustache and how dramatic he is as a person and Mm -hmm. just like yelling at her for fucking everything like he expected her to be there i know it probably helped her learn shit and earn his respect and all that but i don't know i don't know just something about him (laughs) just fucking like i don't know it just fucking it turned it turned me off okay to an extent you should google uh pai mei because that's exactly what he looked like see in yeah the earlier tv shows and that's i get it quentin taking basically taking the same character and throwing him in this movie mm-hmm. i get it but almost everything in this movie seems grounded down to earth doesn't seem like it's not like a fiction it seems like it could all really happen someone could be no to almost to an extent it, okay. there could be a person that's this good as a fighter yeah but when it gets to him i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't know um but do you did you find the scene like necessary at all or do you think yeah that it, I def- it definitely felt necessary okay good it, because it, it's it, her basically her her training. samurai fighting skills background yeah you don't learn you don't see much of it other than the fist thing you kind of see her like standing on top of the fucking sword. But yeah, but then you, you her don't see standing much. on top of the sword. You, Him I'm, standing on her sword. I don't fucking which remember. Which is the thing now. that happens. Okay, <laughs> other way around. I guess the reason I like the scene so much is because this shows Uma Beatrix, the bride, getting her ass handed to her, and okay. no one else has been able to do this to her. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking going through absolute hell, and she's also learning so much at the same time. She's learning how to be more obedient. She's learning how to take her time, you know, and ultimately she's learning a new way of survival, which is to, you know, punch through the wood yep. and, you know, do all that. She's also learning her, you know, tearing up crouching, knuckles, crouching tiger, hidden dragon techniques. She's a dragon. Um, and, a tiger. and this is such an iconic scene for me because this made her who she, she was as a person yeah. in terms of her fighting skills and her swordsman skills and, all that um and without this these techniques and the things she's learned she wouldn't have been able to get as far as she was yeah and also too she also learned a certain technique say it don't look at it do you have it memorized five back to you five point palm exploding heart technique fuck you um i'm not actually sure if that was right or not <laughs> it, but it, I, sounds it sounds perfect. right <laughs> <laughs> um but no yeah the meeting of pai mei was a very big scene for me yeah um I and get then it. Also, too, um, before this scene starts, uh, uh, Bill, David Carradine, and Uma, um, the bride, are meeting before. They're kind of camping out, you know, before they go and meet up with Pine. Yeah, yeah. And that flute, that pan flute that yeah. David Carradine oh, Bill you, was playing. You see at the very beginning is his actual, again. Is his actual oh, it's flute. Oh, it's his real flute. He knows um, how to play it? That he actually had played in other films, other TV shows that he was in in the past. Dude, because Quentin's bringing David all Carradine these old shows in, back. I know David Carradine was in a show called Hong Kong, or sorry, Kung Fu. Actually, was the name of the show was called Kung Fu. Huh. Um, and apparently, uh, David Carradine had played that in Kung Fu. Gotcha. So moving on, what's another one for you that stands out in Volume Two? I mean, there's basically only two left, and we'll uh, go just go to the next one when the L and I. Okay. Which. Yep a lot happens in this scene it does it does um basically the freaking she wants l wants to go to bud uh because bud says he killed her mm-hmm. he's lying well he th- he thinks he killed her um but then basically she wants to buy the 
the Hanzo sword from her, right? I don't remember the uh, the amount of money. Do they ever say the amount of cash that she she's bringing with her? No, I honestly don't remember. I know it's I I remember the word million, not exact million or whatever, but shows up and then freaking he opens up the the briefcase of all the money and the fucking black mamas in there and mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking brutal scene of him getting attacked by that snake. Yep. Just, oh, oh, just like smashing against the fucking back of the trailer. <laughs> yeah. The, the fact that it was a black mamba in the suitcase, yeah, you know, yeah. was clearly an homage to, um, Uma's code name yeah, as yeah. black mamba. Um, and so she dies from the black mamba. He dies, sorry, from the Black Mamba. Um, and it was obviously a setup because Elle was pissed at Bud oh. for um, only burying her alive and not giving her a real fight. Yeah. One of the greatest fighters she has ever met, you know, meets her demise by being buried in the by ground. By being fucking buried instead of, yeah. Pissed Elle off and knew he was going to kill her. Knew yep. she, God damn it. Knew she was going to kill him before she even arrived to the camper. Yeah. Um, and then I never even thought about, cause just in case Bill comes to see, uh, Bud's body, he'll see it's a black mamba that killed her. I never thought about it. That's fucking smart. Mm-hmm. So it, th- he doesn't think it's L that killed him. That's, oh. she's fucking smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, so not only was it Bud and L at the camper, but Uma Beatrix was, also showing up. Yep. She fucking walked like a thousand miles mm-hmm. instead of stealing a car. Like she steals one at the fucking, at the beginning. <laughs> like, I don't know why she walked so far. <laughs> yeah. She was just, it just showed her determination. She, yeah. She even went to and, a bar and got a glass it, of water, and, uh-huh. but still didn't like fucking. It, it showed how badly she wanted it. And yeah. she didn't care if she had to walk, you know, That's the amount true. of miles that she did. Um, um, another badass fight. Another so, fucking awesome choreographed fight. Yes, in I this agree. fucking trailer, and it's this tight enclosed trailer yep. that Bud owns. Yep, um, and it's just fucking brutal, dude. It's it's cool because they never really get to have their swords out. I think it's cool how it keeps showing fucking L try to take the sword out, and it just keeps, keeps hitting, the walls. hitting the walls or the ceiling because there's not enough room for the long ass sword, mm-hmm. and they're just fucking like hitting each other and smashing each other through shit again. Yep. Which apparently they're both, I mean, at least the bride's really good at throwing people through shit because the beginning of uh, volume one with just tossing people through fucking everything in the room, through the fucking bathroom wall and just the disgusting ass bathroom. When, yeah, when Elle's going for that long fly kick. Yeah. And then fucking <laughs> Another Beatrix just grabs her and <laughs> Some slams her through the wall. <laughs> Um, so the more chew the chew spit shows up again uh-huh. being thrown in the face um and then ultimately it ends in uh l having her other eyeball yanked out of her head yep you think it's gonna be another sword fight because she finds freaking buds hanzo sword that mm-hmm. ugh, and then just fucking badass that would be so hard to yank an eye do it that quickly fucking that fast. just snap it dude yep <laughs> And then just, it, oh, I think it's fucking awesome. The sound of just Daryl Hannah just screaming on the ground. Like, We're going to fucking fuck kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where are you? It doesn't realize she's still in the tiny ass bathroom and just can't go anywhere. Being, having both your eyeballs yanked out. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely insane. And I think one of the best <laughs> ways for an evil villain character yeah. to die. Well, I mean, she, 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 she could still be alive. She's definitely still alive because... It, Dude, it's almost worse to have revenge on somebody 
to not be able to see ever again. Once again, to make him suffer. Yeah, suffer and you won't die for another 50 years maybe, but mm-hmm. you just got to go this entire time without seeing. You can't use your skills to kill anybody. Yep. You can't use your skills to get revenge back on the back on fucking Beatrix. And that's what's going through her head too when she's standing there with a the sword and being like, you know what, I could probably just slice her fucking <laughs> yeah. head off right now. But instead I'm going to pull both of her eyes out because In this she's a fucking total fight. fucking bitch. In this fight right now, I'm she's probably so fucking exhausted. I don't think she expected to show up to see fucking L there. Yeah. She probably expected only to see Bud realize if she actually can catch him off guard. He's probably not a good fighter anymore. Mm-hmm. He's some fat piece of shit fucking bouncer that never gets to work. <laughs> so he can do whatever the fuck you want. The, the right. one weird thing about this scene, the flashback of her in school where she's the same age, but everyone else in the classroom is fucking like nine years old. When they drop the name the Beatrix name, kiddo. I, what a weird fucking the most random scene i think in any of his movies mm-hmm. to be totally honest yeah just clearly trying to be funny and random and very out of place yeah just a little comedic relief um that i feel like probably was a thought of his very last minute yeah yeah like we don't have time to get another actress so we're using you um <laughs> wait like a little kid actress yeah, even though there were some in the scene. So oh, he I, I did don't... it on purpose. I know. I know. That's why it's funny. I'm trying to also be funny. <laughs> it never works. Okay, so... Face-to-face time. Yeah, so face, moving on. Face-to-face. Um, the final. The final battle. She's to Bill, the big boss. The big boss. Um, why don't you just give us a little breakdown of this she ending scene? shows up to fucking Bill's house expecting to kill him uh maybe one of the most like beautiful and like human emotion scenes in his first five movies technically Mm -hmm. i think when she shows up and sees sees a girl and she says mommy Mm -hmm. and she's like holy shit my fucking kid's still alive and she's fucking probably got every emotion going through her brain like right then and there definitely like am i gonna kill him am i i think she obviously thinks she's still gonna attempt to kill him but she now she realizes her whole her entire life is now completely different she probably thought she was gonna kill him leave go start a new life Mm -hmm. maybe maybe have maybe find someone else to make a kid with find that fucking douchebag at the beginning of this movie that I don't understand why she would, whoever the fuck that guy is that she works at the freaking record store with. Obviously, he's dead now. Oh, I know, but still. Um, but no, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. You basically summed it up perfectly. She she arrives there. She meets BB, um, who obviously, BB, her name, her is name, Bill Beatrix, is oh, why she's called BB. That is awesome. I did not know that. Um, and that character is played by Perla. Haney Jardine, I think is how you say her name. There's a name. Um, Barely been in anything. Who also was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She sure uh, she was. She played a little hippie girl who's yep. trying to give away acid Out cigarettes. The, at the ranch. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, she either at the that ranch? or it's, it's a scene when like um, Brad Pitt's driving around and he meets her oh. and she tries to give her okay. some yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, acid smokes <laughs> um, outside of the car. Um, but yeah, no, overall, uh, just a perfect ending oh dude you know? and the fact that 
I mean, we could break down this scene so much, but yeah. when 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 David Bill shoots her with the truth serum mm-hmm. and all that, and is forcing her to tell the truth of why she left, and everything's on the table. They discuss yeah, yeah. everything before the death happens, which I love because nothing goes unturned. There's no questions. Yep, which is a perfect way to do it. And he even says, you know, why did you know why did you leave? Did you actually think this life was going to work out? Did you actually love that guy? No, she didn't love that guy. It's but she did it for she, BB. She, she did it for her kid. Yeah, yeah. and she needed she needed a father figure mm-hmm. in in her life. Yeah, for real. And they just they they discuss basically everything, and um, they even you know talk about how when she realized she was pregnant, and that cool little flashback to when she's oh in to the fucking assassination Hong attempt. Kong and and um she about well, she about gets killed fucking she's there to kill but, Lisa Wong yep but she tells you know the hitman that yeah. I just realized I'm pregnant so let's both if go you home walk away I'll walk away yeah um so yeah and then uh Bill uh realizes that they have unfinished business they both do a quick little seated battle which Dude, is cool is badass yeah. a badass like seated sword fight they're both still in the lawn chairs yeah. swinging around <laughs> um, and, and she puts it back in the sheath i think mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah the way and, she does that and old uh old bill uh david carradine meets his demise once again at the five point palm exploding heart technique yeah it's it's a i think it's a perfect ending because obviously with the end of the volume one, it's the big climax action scene. This is also a climax. You get to the point, the whole fucking point of this movie is to kill Bill. Mm-hmm. And you think you're going to get another huge fight. See David Carradine, Bill, like you get to see his his sword, whatever the fuck you want to say about it. But you think he would be a superior or at least equal fighter with Beatrix. But you just don't get to see like any of that besides like that little split second. Mm-hmm. And the scene is another another end scene of his movies that's like 25 minutes long. But this one's all dialogue. Yep. He just went straight back to it. He's like, we're going to have dialogue between the two basically main characters of these movies. They're going to sit there and talk. They're going to work their shit out. And then the movie's going to end. Because yep. he gets into the Superman thing, kind of just like comic books and shit that does not pertain to anything in this movie, which Tarantino loves to do with like McDonald's and the fucking the quarter pounder with cheese and pulp fiction oh, just okay, just talk, just, just like where are you going with just McDonald's? like just like random shit sure sure and he he gets back into his ways if you think about it if he was to decide to end this scene with a big giant epic bloody gory battle yeah there would be no words discussed Probably there's not. no barely any words between her and L when they're fighting there's no words hardly between her and Oren you know and oh, yeah, so like if no they, words whatsoever if they were to have some big crazy epic battle we wouldn't know any of the answers yeah. to the questions and it was necessary for them to talk volume one is the questions and volume two is the answers yeah it's good it's a good way to put it yeah to be totally honest and um yeah so overall just a beautiful scene he takes his five steps dies out in the lawn yep um, and then Uma Beatrix gets up and takes BB with her, and they go to the hotel. They head, uh, they head onward. Yep, it's fucking homeward bound. It's another. It's a good ending. The movie starts with a kid in a fight, ends with a kid in a fight. I think it's a, I don't know, it's a perfect. I don't know what you call two movies. 
Original and sequel. Not, you know a, what, not be, a trilogy. To I be totally know. honest, I don't really... Or you count it as one. I don't consider these two. When I say that volume one is my favorite film, yeah. I mean both Kill Bills oh. are, are my are my second favorite Tarantino film. Okay, that's cool. Um, I just, yeah, I like considering both these. Because he, he shot it as one film originally. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Tarantino in his head had... Just from a... Had, release standpoint yeah he, he had to do it double he had to split it up one more thing about this last scene i read it i thought it was kind of perfect the way they put it she literally breaks his heart mm-hmm. i've never thought about it that which way. is how the whole thing started he because le- he she, she left broke him. his heart yeah she broke his heart yeah. and then she literally did emotionally and physically she broke his fucking heart and he deserved it <laughs> i mean all she wanted was a good life for her kid and he wanted to kill her over that. He says he overreacts a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A, a little, little bit. dramatic. A little bit. But she got her revenge in the fucking end. It's it's the title of the movie, Kill Bill. Yeah. And she fucking, she did it. Yeah. <laughs> and why there's people, fans out there saying, where's volume three? Is there going to be a volume three? Uh, what, what the f- fuck is going to happen in volume uh, three? At the beginning, freaking Veronica Green's kid, Nikki. Yeah. She's like, if you want to... If you want to come find me. But it's just going to be just the two of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Another hour and 45 minutes just showing maybe she's dead and she comes back and her and her daughter fight. Ooh, she kills fucking Beatrix. Nikki does. And then fucking BB gets her revenge. On Nikki. On Nikki. And it just starts over again. Shows up to her house. Well, we'll work on that script and we'll send it to old. We'll send it to old Q. Quentin, Um, be on the lookout. So let's jump into. Let's uh, let's wrap up with some our final our our final final thoughts. Yeah. Um, And let's do. What's your favorite quote from the movie? Oh fuck! I just missed it. I just had it written down. I do think it's at the very end. I do think it kind of sums up. I don't know why. I think it's my favorite quote. I think it's kind of perfect for BB to say this to her mom, like the first time she sees her. She says, did you dream of me? I dreamed of you. Mm. She knew her mom was out there this entire time. Because Bill didn't lie to her. She told her she was asleep. Yeah. And so she knew, she said, or he told her that someday you are going to see your mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just found it perfect that when she first sees her daughter that she thought has been dead for, I mean, technically only probably a few months because she was in a coma forever. Yeah. But technically over four years, she has been basically thinking or knowing that her child was dead sure. and she gets to meet her and hear that from her mouth. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a perfect, I like little quotes like that in movies. The super not obvious ones. Yeah. Super not obvious, super. It's not Subtle. a violent, it's not a fucking cheesy, like throwaway line. It, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a meaningful line and it's a fucking, it's a written line for a movie that yeah. I think worked really well here. Yeah, I agree. Um, mine is definitely cliche and cheesy. Um, mine Go is, for it. Uh, that woman deserves her revenge, and we deserve to die. Yeah, I love that. Uh, from the first one, Michael Madsen. I mean, he says it in both, but um, and it just kind of to me overall kind of sums up the entire. Film, oh, it does. You know, it's, in one line, you could put that as the fucking tagline of the movie, and you're like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. they did some fucked up things to her, and she's coming to kill him. Yep. that's the fucking that's the basis of this movie. Um, all time favorite scene between both movies. What do you got? The fucking I still the first scene in the first one. With oh, her, okay, for for real for her showing up to Veronica Greens. I love 
I don't know. I love just straight into it. It's the beginning of the movie, like we said. The choreography is just, I think, perfect. Yeah. And the fucking, the way she kills her with, we never even brought up how she kills her. Fucking throwing the knife right knife at her chest. Straight to the chest. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is and the, the cereal all over. Hecky yeah. walking in. Yeah. Um, the entire battle with Crazy 88. Fuck yeah. It's the, the entire fight. That, that is that, the one scene. The House of Blue Leaves. That, that to me, just made it made it so unforgettable so just and so all over the place you know with the gore and the violence and the score and the dialogue and the, the black and white scene and then also too that gorgeous scene that we didn't talk about when she turns out the lights and it's got that blue backdrop oh, the blue and it's just tent, the shadow the, the figures silhouettes, and, yeah you know beautiful everything Fucking about charlie brown four pizzas four pepperoni pizzas <laughs> <laughs> i feel like almost the entire budget went into half of that oh i'm sure just because it was so crazy um so who overall totally stole the film for you it's uma thurman clearly yep she's the main yep. she's in basically every fucking scene yep. besides the shit with oren i was afraid you were going to pick somebody else just to kind of be oh sometimes like, i will obvious. but this is this is uma thurman's yeah she's in pulp fiction but this is her fucking movie when you think of if you were to say an actor or an actress's name the first thing that's going to come to your mind is going to be kill bill in my opinion. That's exactly how I feel. Yes. This this is the movies that made Uma like who she is, like like this put her like on such a fucking high level. Like like she does so much in this fucking movie. She worked her fucking yep. ass off she's the, for she's, everything. She's the fucking star. She's dramatic. <laughs> she's funny. She kicks fucking ass. She gets emotional at the end. She's just she's all over the place with this. Yeah. And it couldn't have been anybody else. No. And like you and, said, if I was to look at Uma and say, who do I think she is? I think she's Kill Bill. Yeah. And you and never, I'll, dude, I'll, she never, she's never really done anything again. Like to this fucking magnitude. Not this big of a role. No, no. not at all. No. Um, so something you brought up from earlier recordings, we need to kind of bring up things we didn't like. Because we act like these these movies are so golden and perfect, and everything you know, we talk nothing's about wrong is with them. Be perfect, yeah. um, but I know that you are such a big critic, and you like to bring up you know the the least favorite parts of the film. Um, so, me <laughs> personally, you, you have nothing probably. I only have one thing, and it's yeah, kind just of, one it's little kind of a stretch, picky thing, um, and it actually doesn't have anything to do with the actual film itself. It's more of a backstory sort of thing, something that happened. Go for it. Okay. Um, so did you get to the point in any of your research with, with the crash when Uma Oh, when car? she got injured? So she was doing her own stunt. Yeah. There was no um, stunt doubles on set so, that day. It's a weird so stunt. Just Quentin, driving. But. Yeah. But yeah, Quentin let her drive her own car that day. Very fast scene driving through the jungle. Yeah. Um, and she crashed the car. And it turned into a whole big thing. It's still a big thing. Like a year ago, it was she, brought up. She wasn't able to receive the footage of the crash. Quentin wouldn't release it. It was covered up. Um, and the only reason that it became released was because of the Me Too movement with Harvey oh, Weinstein. Yep, yep, The footage yep. was finally re released in 2018. Good old Harvey piece of fuck again. Um, and Quentin is an awesome guy. And I don't, I don't, yeah. and I mean, obviously, ultimately it happened because of him. Um, and I say because of him, because he, he, he wanted to do it that he, way. Yeah. And he could have, he could have been like, Hey guys, look, release the footage. You know, like, I don't, I don't really know what happened. 
you know, the backstory and all that and the words that were discussed. But either way, the footage wasn't released. It was on Quentin. It was on Harvey. It was on the Weinstein company. Yep. Um, so just such a shitty situation. And the reason I brought this up was because I feel like this is the reason that Quentin and Uma have not worked together since this movie. You think so? I do. And I feel like Uma could have definitely like, shined in some of his other movies. Because they created this movie together. They did. On Pulp Fiction. They did. The set of Pulp Fiction. And that's Fiction. why it says that the, the it was created by Q and U. Yeah, which was um, awesome. Never noticed that before, but I thought that was an awesome fucking... You never see that. It's always... I'm it the director. The it's only my fucking name that's going on this movie. Yeah, it was in the end credits. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I feel like if this thing wouldn't have happened... Maybe some of other Quentin's movies would have involved Uma. And Probably. she could have been just as good of a character in those movies as she was in Kill Bill. Could have seen her in The Even, Hateful Eight or something. You know what I mean? Even if you look at Mia Wallace, like she is in, outstanding in that movie. She's yeah. outstanding in Kill Bill. She could have been yep. outstanding in his other movies. But was a German soldier or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nazi like, soldier. Yeah. This stupid bullshit with the car had to happen and it could have been resolved yeah. and it didn't get resolved. And I feel like we missed out on a lot of Uma yeah. and Quinn that, because that does of suck. it. suck. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the only thing I didn't like about the movies. All right. Well, my little quick thing was, uh, I'm just going to say it real quick. I don't know the scene when she goes to meet the Spanish dude. I don't know. I barely remember anything about it. The Spanish. Oh, Michael Parks. Yeah. In, oh, he plays two roles. Then. He does because he es- plays Esteban. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't want to get too much into that. He's I want a pimp. I really want to get into this. The... <laughs> so you wait. You hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Really I just, quick. Really I just quick. didn't really like the scene. I don't okay. know why. It okay. didn't feel necessary because she just wanted to know where Bill was. Why couldn't she just know where Bill is? Like she knew where everyone else was. Well, because he was a father figure of Bill. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. It just felt like a scene that was unnecessary because there's no way she would have known where Bud is. He lived in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. They didn't show why how she found out where he lives. I wanted to bring this up. I need to bring this up. Do you know how David Carradine died like 10 years ago? How he actually really died in real yes, life? Yes, he is dead. He died. I knew he was dead, yeah. It is a, I don't know, it's, some people are into it, but it's fucking weird. I did not expect to read this when I looked it up. I don't. Uh, he, accidental asphy- asphyxiation. Mm, like a sexual thing? Yes, yeah. he was hanging himself and jerking off. Mm on the set on the fucking during like not during on this no not on a set he was on location in his hotel room to shoot a movie overseas and they went to his hotel room and found him fucking dead so he just it's fucked up he got he got, <laughs> he got a little too uh aroused like do you and think decided to choke himself for longer than he could handle do you think he finished and then they walk in on fucking just jizz like they walked in as he's like jizzing and dying at the same time. And do you he think, like jizzed on them as they walked in. Do you think you could technically jizz after you die? I think you can shit your pants after you die. I know die, you shit your so you, like you think shit that you and piss. Could, I definitely think that you could probably like I wonder, after you die. Could you jerk off? Never mind. Let's not no, talk about jerking off. That was exciting. Bodies. I don't know. I needed to bring <laughs> I needed to bring up that little uh not so fun fact about so really, someone surrounding this movie. You only had one little tiny scene that you didn't like. Yeah, I mean, Although, and the fucking the the pie may. I found it necessary. I did find oh, it okay. too over the top, even as far as Quentin like standards go. Sure, but part one's basically a perfect movie. Part two, still great. Overall, a fucking a great a great movie. Yep. I agree. Um, Fucking loved, 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 loved watching this. Really quick, though, shout out. Michael Parks plays that very well. 
plays that Esteban character yeah. insane. And the fact that he also plays, you know, the sheriff in the beginning of the movie. And, yep. and the fact that Quentin Pretty sure knows it's his son Quentin, that's with her with him. In real life. Yes. Quentin knows that, you know, Michael is such a good actor that he can play both roles. And it's such a unique way of doing things because you don't ever see that in any other movie. It's the same actor playing, you know, two, two different, different characters. Roles. Yeah, besides like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um. So, no. So. That was Kill Bill, dude. That was. That was Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. My second favorite Tarantino film of all time. Don't spoil us too much for me. Um. And so, yeah. Any Anything else you got? I don't okay. have any final thoughts. That was awesome. I loved watching them, and I loved fucking talking them because just overall, some of the best action scenes of all time. Of all time. Yes, and especially in his movies. Oh yeah, for sure. It's his action. It's his. Out of it's his best action. Creates um, great characters again. Creates great backstories. You see a lot of backstories in this, and then just a lot of fucking cool fucking fuck. Yeah. Final fights. I just the best awesome so we're gonna be back next week with inglorious bastards uh also stoked on that one we're gonna have a special guest with us yep uh, our first special guest of the show so i'm excited for that hopefully that works out um i think it'll be a good episode uh and once again listeners thank you so much for listening uh shout out to you know everybody out there who's given us a listen we're going to continue to do this for you and uh we're just going to continue to do our best and you know keep it fresh and keep it fun and keep it new um, trying to have some fun talking movies i was your host alex colbertson and uh my co-host dallas fisher most yep. eligible bachelor that's me dallas um, fisher single as fuck we'll uh we'll talk to you next week bye thanks see ya. <laughs>